0: everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Alison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Alison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with John Early of Search Party, Wet Hot American Summer, uh, Netflix is the characters, 30 Rock, a million other things. I'm so excited to have you here because I'm such a fan.
1: Oh my God. Thank you, Alison. That is so nice.
0: You um, really light up the screen every time you're on it. And you steal every scene.
1: Oh my god! Well, I know
0: <laughs> what a burden, right?
1: It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard.
0: No, I'm really excited though because I for for the longest time, every time you step on screen, I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to be super entertained. Oh
1: my god, that's very nice. Thank you.
0: So, um, lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to you on Pete Holmes' podcast, mm-hmm. and you are you
1: okay? It was did you fall? It was three hours long.
0: I am filing a complaint. Please do. <laughs> it's criminal. I yeah. I it's like there was my life before the podcast, and then I am put. I am trying to resume, but I'm struggling yes. quite a bit. Um and. You were talking... At one point, you said you were worried that you're being a quote-unquote podcast person. Oh, God. Do you know what I'm... Do you, do you remember what I'm talking about? I think
1: so. I think... I, think it, I, I definitely always have that fear when going on a podcast. Weirdly, now, I don't. Maybe I maybe I think that was like kind of the ultimate like version of podcast person, Pete Holmes, and, and then I just maybe shed that after
0: that experience. What does, well, let me... This is a two-part question. Yeah. No, it's not a two-part question. This is a question oh, I know, where I is. ask a question and then then I um, don't let me answer. I, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's what yeah, this yeah. podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also I took cough medicine and is making me foggy. So oh, this is going yeah. to be Let's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, my question is, what is a podcast person to mm. you? And then my comment is, I think I am a podcast person.
1: Oh no no no! A podcast person to me is is the guest you're the guest and it's like uh i mean this can certainly be you know uh triggered by the host but my fear of being a podcast person is is specifically like just finding myself just kind of kind of enchanted by my own mythology oh you know just kind of like really like and, and also like i think there's there's such a thing with podcasts with like um You know this. You you feel these comedians like finally getting to take themselves seriously. (laughs) Like you know they're like as if like their comedy is such a prison of like artifice, (laughs) right? And then they get to go on a podcast and be like, "When I was fourteen, I you know like I do believe in God." You know, like (laughs) it's just like it's just so funny to me. And I I don't know. I think and and there's there's absolutely some of that in me. You know, I like that I I can be overwhelmingly earnest and i can take Mm -hmm. myself very seriously and uh you know if i've had too much coffee i'll i'll try to like very very sloppily like theorize on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) you know so like that that is my fear is just like coming on a podcast and just not being able to control myself and just being like (laughs)
0: i'm gay <laughs> <laughs> well when i said i think i'm a podcast person by that what i meant is just that my interviews are are actually pretty sincere which so is totally
1: I, okay, fine i am told sincerity is not the issue it's more just like taking i i, I just hate like when not I've,
0: having self-awareness
1: yeah yeah taking yourself so i i mean like it this always happens like with like Cause you know, search Party's coming out. So there's like, or it did just come out. Right, so it's November like, 19th. yeah, November 19th, two episodes available on both iTunes and Amazon as well as the TBS app. But, um, but like, because I'm doing a lot of like interviews and stuff for it, I just, I, f- I become so aware of like my kind of go to like mythology, just like, Oh, little. what is your go to mythology? Oh no, no,
0: no, <laughs> Allison, no. Just, Here, like, I'll do it for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, You grew up in Nashville. Your parents were part of the church, but it was a liberal church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Supportive parents. Mm -hmm. I don't know the rest.
1: But that is it. That is like, that's the, those are the pillars of my like podcast. Um,
0: But it's also your backstory.
1: It is true. (laughs) It is true. It is the truth.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I actually, I do want to dig into that a bit more. Cause let's I dig, honey. Let's do it. But first, let's talk about Search Party. Okay. I love... Speaking of digging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, d- I dig Search Party. Um, I love it. I loved season one. Now I am watching season two because I have early access because <gasps> I'm special.
1: Did they give you screeners?
0: Not screeners. They gave me um, access to a website that has them. So. Oh, okay. Not cool. like physical screeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Although, when I watch an episode, it does say that it's watermarked. And I just think, I don't even have the technological know-how to right. do anything with this. To rip it off. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. I, don't I mean, I guess I could point another phone at my phone. <laughs> right, right, which would be
1: horrible. <laughs> right. Quality, uh,
0: so, anyway, um, for for the listeners who might not be familiar with Search Party, because it's yes. such a unique show. Yeah. How would you describe it?
1: Um. Well, to use... Unfortunately, a Woody Allen reference. May he burn. Um, yeah, it's like a millennial Manhattan murder mystery, <laughs> you know. So it's like these kind of aimless group of um, friends from college, you know, the, the the friends who you like somehow you just remain tied to out of like a sense of like obligation um because you like spent four years together or mm-hmm. you grew, you went to high school together you know and, you know i certainly have those friendships that are just like extremely toxic but i can't seem to like find the courage to shed them because you just they do feel like family in a way and that's definitely this group like they're a very kind of jagged strange group they wouldn't really fit together but they get thrust into this situation um where this girl goes missing from college, her name's Chantal, which is so funny, and <laughs> <laughs> such a perfect name. Um and uh and and this Dory played by the brilliant Alia Shockat, um, who's kind of the most aimless of the bunch b- becomes obsessed with finding this girl and she kind of uses the tragedy of this missing girl to like build any sort of identity whatsoever and mm. become a useful member of society. Right, like to create meaning. Yeah. And then the her friends, me, you know, Meredith Hagner, the genius Meredith Hagner, her She's boyfriend, so the genius John Reynolds. Um, oh,
0: that's her boyfriend?
1: Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, wait, that. no, 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 no. The oh. character. Oh, the oh, oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, No, they are not together in real life. But um, I was um,
0: shipping them. You were what? Sh- shipping? What is that? Oh, you don't know. I would feel like you would know that. Damn it. I don't shipping know. Shipping is like a real YouTube. I- well here's where I'm gonna sound like a thousand years old okay. and explain it wrong. Okay. Um shipping well, I don't even know what it is, so Right. So, so, I'm old. so all <laughs> Shipping is where I think it comes from YouTube culture, uh but maybe it's just young people culture, where they want two fictional characters to be together so they imagine them to be in a relationship. Ooh. So ex- but but you can also do it with real life people. like Probably there are people who ship you and Kate Berlant, And oh, then wow. they would give you guys a name like Jakate, <laughs> or, or I don't know or Con. Curly or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Katcurly. Oh my god, I love that. That's that so, shipping. Well, they we have shipped I've I've shipped them in my imagination all the time just when I need something for my sexual fantasies. But um <laughs> but uh no they they so yeah, so she kind of ropes her friends into this finding this girl and then i won't give anything in a way it, but the I know season, it's hard to talk about without yeah,
0: but, but what we're you gonna say well the
1: season one finale is such a perfect episode of television i won't say what happens but you know they they this kind of pursuit that they've been on the whole season is reveals itself to be just again i can't it's really hard not to be i know away.
0: and now i want to talk about season two for a second and yeah. it's going to be <laughs> You guys put harder. up with the next 45 seconds because it's going to be yep. very frustrating since we're going to have to be very vague. Yes. I will just say it's all of a sudden now season two is, do you feel like it's, a? I was going to say, do you feel like it's a different show? It's not a different show, but it's like all of a sudden it has this very different quality to yeah,
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the first season was kind of uh, very deliberately meandering, they're, they're, Literally looking for this girl, they're wandering around trying to find this girl. So it kind they kind of stumble into situations. The something very very catastrophic happens at the end of season right. one.
0: Was that intended from the beginning? Like was that known?
1: Yes, they okay. knew the ending before they knew everything gotcha. else. And uh, and so the second season is just kind of of about reckoning with that. Like mm. there's no longer any sort of agency. Everyone is like kind of bound to misery (laughs) and to each other because Mm -hmm. of this thing that happened so it 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 has a very different quality it was even though i did just watch the whole season the other day and it still absolutely feels like the show it still has that kind of charles and sarah's like kind of um like sour new york humor right and like and i don't know i i'm so happy with season two i love it so much but um i was gonna say something Uh uh-oh
0: You're talking about how season two. Oh, season
1: two, yeah. It was very weird. It was The experience of filming it was so different. I don't know what the experience will be like watching it, but Mm. it was just because like we, like especially Meredith and me, we were like the first season, we were literally just always like, I always felt like it was so liberating for me just to be kind of like an actor, just like not having any creative stake in something. I wasn't writing it, you Uh know? I wasn't in any way trying to, I wasn't trying to execute anything. I just was like showing up just like doing barely what they memorizing asked you to do my yet. lines and
0: just like And you play a character named Elliot. Yes. That's my son's name. No way. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: great two T's at the end. It's just one. Okay. He
0: spells it differently than your character, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> differently
1: from Missy Elliot.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, she was, she's two T's.
0: We debated for a while. He was yeah. almost a two T. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you play a character who describe your character.
1: Elliot is kind of. I mean, he's kind of a sociopath, but I don't know. I, I t- people <laughs> describe him like that very quickly. I I have I've. It's weird to sound so actor but I I do just. I've never spent this much time playing a character before. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of a luxury, and like i love him <laughs> like i i really really like playing him and i think like once you play a character long enough it the lines kind of blur and you're like it's hard for me to release really i mean he clearly on paper does so many despicable things he lies a lot mm-hmm. he's a very kind of knee-jerk liar um and he's not good to like the people in his life like especially his boyfriend he just kind of walks all over his boyfriend um but he is very thrifty <laughs> 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 and um he, in some ways is the most kind of no nonsense of the four. Mm-hmm. He's like the least interested in kind of like, some like moral purity. He's like the kind of, the kind of like meaning that Dory is trying to attach to the whole experience. They all kind of get swept up. And I think he's the one with the healthiest perspective on that. Mm-hmm. He's just like, can see the ways in which it's failing. And, and um, I don't know. I, I, whatever he's he's uh he wears he looks like andre Leon tally he wears (laughs) insane clothes he's
0: the hat in season two (laughs) that you're wearing that like blue net thing yes yeah what is that well i mean again (laughs) amazing
1: it's, it's not to give anything away but he likes some the kind of stress of season one starts to boil up in him and it takes a physical it starts to externalize <laughs> so he has to do some covering up right and so he starts wearing hats and like like gloves <laughs> and just he's fully like cloaked the whole season which was so funny to me and so fun to do
0: so you were saying that the experience of season one was different because the be- with season one you would yeah I just, just kind sh- of would show up, up and- i just would
1: show up and just kind of i got to like Alia really had to do all the heavy lifting emotionally like she's the one who kind of she's had to so good. she's so They're
0: good every all of you are so good.
1: I I we are really a great cast. <laughs> we it's I really feel I'm I'm flushed with love for them all right now cuz I just watched it all. But um uh but no I yeah I Alia would have to do all the hard stuff and like and then Meredith and I would just always kind of be both literally and metaphorically in the back seat just kind of like hanging on each other <laughs> coming in with a joke every once in a while and but then because of just what happens to all of them at the end of season one, it actually was just, we actually had to do much more work. Like we, like we just had to, just thinking like we had to, before every scene, it was like, okay, given this insane thing that happened to these characters, like how would they behave in this situation? Which is like such acting 101, but it really was like, for me, I was just like, oh, this is, This is new. Right. To like try and. Well,
0: right. There's nothing presumably from real life that you can draw from.
1: Exactly. Except kind of my darkest fear. Like, I think Mm -hmm. pretty much everyone's. uh, It's safe to say that like all, maybe our biggest fear, one of our biggest fears would be what happens to them. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, like, that was, it was, that's the other thing too is like, I hate when actors are like, you take the work home. Like, it just, I took the work home. But it was, (laughs) and it's not like I, I, it, I wasn't like depressed in any way, but it was, it made me really anxious like mm-hmm. to, to constantly talk about it, about what they did and to constantly think about it. And then to like very, you know, to just fully enact it. Like we were literally again, don't want to give anything away, but like we had to like do crazy stuff on mm-hmm. camera. And like, it was just, it made me just like very nervous. It was, it was very interesting.
0: That is interesting. Um, Will there be a? Do you know yet if there's going to be a season three?
1: I bet there will be because they have this kind of, at the very least, a season three. They have a three season arc for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and also, I think TBS really loves it. And like they're kind of trying to revamp their whole vibe. And I think they see Search Party as kind of their cool young show. Right. You know, so I, I. Unless something just horrendous happens, like, you know, if all four of us get accused of sexual assault, then, like, I think we will be fine. (laughs) I think we'll have a third season. You never know. But you never know. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, I could end it all right now on this podcast. (laughs)
0: Um, How did you get involved with the show?
1: Sarah Violet and Charles Rogers, the co-creators of the show, um, I knew them kind of vaguely in New York, um, like, kind of through comedy, they aren't comedians, but I think like Charles was involved in the improv world. I don't know. We just have like mutual friends, but they cast me in their movie Fort Tilden. I did one day. I just like walked into prospect park from my apartment and like did this scene for like two hours. It was an improvised, a lot of that movie was improvised. And, um, and it went so well and they were so lovely and smart and they had all these very cool NYU grad film friends such as Michael Showalter, who was a very big hero of mine. And, um, and I just was like, I was delighted by their vibe and, mm-hmm. um, and they, they were just both very smart and like very hands off. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, they were just classy. I can immediately tell. And, um, and, and then the movie was so good and like, and I think they just, they, they wrote the part for me. I mean, they were like, they, it's based on someone that they, they, they know, kind of Instagram influencer person. Um, oh but my God, they, is
0: it someone that I would, if you said the name I, off no, air that I, I would actually know? don't know his name?
1: Um, um I know, but, um, <laughs> but they knew this guy in New York and I think still do. <laughs> I wonder if he knows. Right. Um, but they, um, I think they just immediately recognized that there was a clear overlap in like that kind of a character and my comedy. And so they like, yeah, they just, they kind of tailored it to me and it was, it was very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's go into the backstory and the mythology we of go. John early. I'm
1: already weeping.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, no, you-, you can
1: see right so- now. I'm, I wish the viewer, the,
0: oh, the listeners. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're probably viewers of you too, just mm-hmm. not at this mm-hmm. moment no. as you are weeping, <laughs> but but stiff upper lip. Thank you. So you born in Nashville. Yes. What was your childhood like?
1: Good. You know, I was very, I uh, was a good boy. I was like kind of quiet and I was the youngest in my family. So I, um, you know, that often c- that can lead to like being the kind of observer who mm. s- just is on their best behavior so as not to stir anything up. So, yeah, I was, I was, um, I was like a kind of quiet observer, watched tons of TV. My parents, thank God, let me watch I mean, truly, it's like my, my, the entirety of my education was from television. And, um, they just kind of let me do that, thank God. And, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time watching, like renting movies, watching TV, a lot of solitude as a kid. And, um, you know, a lot of kind of like, I only like to hang out with girls. <laughs> you know, like my best friends were all girls. Mm. My sister's like six years older than me. So she had all, she had all these like friends from high school, these like just like very funny, like female friends that I just like idolized and tried to clown for them and impress them. And, um, yeah
0: youngest yeah. of how many
1: just two just me and my sister yeah is
0: your family funny
1: they are everyone everyone's pretty funny in different ways my dad's like the most overtly funny he's like very he's like very southern he has a very strong southern accent and is very he's a sweetheart and he's like but but he's like he's always has a joke just for every <laughs> just every moment there's are always dad joke. jokes. They're better. I think he's like he genuinely makes me like belly laugh. Mm. He's very very funny. Um, they're always kind of like pretend like his joke, which I think I like inherit from him. It's just like that's what I find like so funny. It's just like they're not like. I mean, he can also do. I feel like actual jokes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's more just like now Allison. Like I, I I literally can't even do it. It's just like <laughs> it just like well like he'll characters just, just little characters just little moments of like yeah. Now, Allison, I don't know how to say this, but your podcast has been canceled. You know, like, I, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, that's a horrible example. But, um, and my mom is very, very smart and like, um, she, like sneakily funny. And my sister's like kind of wild and hilarious. She's like actually kind of a loose, like funny, funny person. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What, do you remember what TV you were into as a kid?
1: yeah i loved i love lucy so much i loved snl so much um and once i discovered snl and i discovered it i want to be clear i was the mm, first to right. see it
0: they um, owe a lot to you
1: yeah thank you um but i um once i you know i was and that was like 1995 96 or something so it was like Nancy Walls it was like her one <laughs> season you know and like and, and like a and Janine Garofalo you know whatever and then it was like transition to like Sherry Terry Molly Shannon on a guest there and like and I was just like and once I found them I just became obsessed with like the women of SNL mm-hmm. and just started going back and became obsessed with like Melanie Hustle and like Jan Hooks and everyone
0: did you want to be on SNL
1: definitely definitely that was like a huge huge dream and uh i'm trying to think what else and then i fell in love with like through like Romy and michelle i fell in love with lisa kudrow and um she was huge for me mm-hmm. like and then and, and and she was mostly huge for me like i watched a little bit of friends but it was mostly like Romy and michelle was like my religion and then and then when i was older like the comeback was it just changed my life have you ever met her I did meet her at like a writer's guild event. I'm not in the writer's guild, but it was like my friend is, and there was some like Winnie Holtzman who made my so-called life mm-hmm. and Robin Schiff who wrote Romy and Michelle hosted, they have like a monthly series where they talk to other writers and like they hosted like a three hour panel on the comeback with Michael Patrick King. And oh Lisa wow. Pedro. And I went and this was like six, seven years ago. I don't know. And, um, i was like it was just it was very very special it was a very exciting experience to watch but then my friend was like let's go meet her and i was like absolutely not i do not <laughs> want to meet her i don't i didn't but he like forced me he like pushed literally physically pushed me into like a line where she was and she was very nice she was like hi and i just was like Valerie's very special to me. Like that's all I said. I was like, very nice to meet you. I just did not need to do that. I did not need to like have a conversation with her.
0: <laughs> it's weird when you're trying when you're in that situation and you're trying to let the person know how much their particular thing meant to you, and yeah. then you realize you're in a line of people who all feel that way.
1: Absolutely. It's and you just don't you never want to come across as the person who's like trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who's trying to be like I'm special. Like like I know these guys are fans, but I'm actually very interesting and like, <laughs> I'm very charismatic. And you'll watch now I'm turning and I'm making a joke and they all laughed. You know, it's like that is my greatest hell is I don't I don't when I meet my heroes, like I just I don't wanna come off like I'm trying to charm them in any way.
0: Right. Know? Oh my god. After an experience like that, you know what you probably needed? A long nap.
1: Absolutely And if
0: you are going to take a nap, especially if you're gonna sleep what you need are some really nice sheets. It's an easy way mm. to upgrade your life. You guys, I'm talking about Linen Sheets. Uh, Brooklinen was founded in April of 2014 by husband and wife team Vicky and Rich Fulop. Uh, so what happened is they went to a hotel. They loved the sheets. They asked the hotel where they could get the sheets. And they found out that they were thousands of dollars or something like that, which they thought was insane because... Sheets are marked up so much. Most high-end bedding is marked up by more than 300% by the time it reaches the store. So they, like so many other companies these days, uh, decided to disrupt the industry. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> They really did, though. And then they're they're selling directly to you. Uh, they are, it's luxury bedding underpriced. You have to try these sheets. Um, I have some Brooklinen sheets, and I love, there's such a variety of patterns and colors, and I have a duvet that is, it coordinates with the sheets and the pillowcases, but it is not matching, because um, that's more fun. I love my Brooklinen sheets. Try these sheets, and I know you'll love them, too. Brooklinen has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code Allison at Brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident that you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk free 60 night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. There's no reason not to give these sheets a try for yourself or as a gift this holiday season. Give the gift of luxury sheets. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code Allison at Brooklinen.com. That's B. B R O O K L I N E N dot com, promo code Allison, Brooklyn, and these are the best sheets ever. Okay, John Early. So, what was your um, first career ambition? What did you want to be when you were little?
1: Um, I mean, not to be a bitch, but this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a podcast? I mean, I, yeah, I <laughs> want to be a podcast
1: uh, guest. I, um, no, I um, wanted to do like. I wanted to be like a comedic performer in whatever, in some capacity, like, be, make TV, Mm -hmm. you know, make TV and make movies and stuff like that.
0: And did you get into into that early?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I was, when I was in, like, daycare at, like, age, like, eight, I was, like, doing reenactments of the Brady Bunch. With, <laughs> like Because I was obsessed with the Brady Bunch movie. That was mm-hmm. very important to me. Um, Jennifer Lee Cox, Christine Taylor in that movie. What
0: happened to Jennifer Elise Cox? I was just thinking about her recently. You know,
1: she like works all the time. She really does, but like it's kind of just it goes under the radar. Like she's just kind of like a comedy player, like supporting actor and like all these like she was on Web Therapy, the Lisa Kudrow show. Wait,
0: now I'm realizing the one that Wait, Jennifer Elise Cox is not who I'm thinking of. She's I'm thinking. Jan. Yeah, no. I'm thinking of, this Shh. might be before your time. The one who played, I think her name was Emily Valentine on 90210. Okay. I think her name was something Elise. Is it, is it Christina? Wait, who's Christine oh, Elise? Kimberly Elise? I don't know. No. Now no. I. <laughs> <laughs> you got
2: to Google. I'm already looking it up and I'm embarrassed oh. that I don't know it off the top of my head. But she okay. played, you're looking up Christine Elise.
0: Is the one I'm thinking of?
2: That's who played Emily Valentine. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, that okay. is who I'm thinking of. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't know what happened to her. I anyway. wish
1: I was so. more 90210 Melrose Place literate.
0: I feel like it's after your time.
1: Well, it's it is it, like what it's, the listeners
0: don't know is you're 12.
1: I'm 12 years old. One of the but youngest. So mature. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but my sister watched that stuff, so I would like kind of absorb some of it and like mm-hmm. i've gone back and seen like i watched an episode of melrose place recently like i think it's like an iconic one when they blow up the i think is it brie brie what's her name oh Marsha cross brie yes. was her character on destiny yes. housewives so embarrassing.
0: No, but, but I knew exactly who you meant. Yeah.
1: When Marsha Cross like blows up the apartment building, mm-hmm. she's like, there's like, she's like a box with one button on it. And she's like, <laughs> but she, she blows up the apartment and then Courtney Thorn Smith. And this is so influential to me. Comedically Courtney Thorn Smith goes blind. Oh yes. From like a bomb. Mm-hmm. And so she's just, she's like gorgeous. There's like nary a scratch, but she's just inexplicably blind. <laughs> and they all like visit her in the hospital and she's like, who's there? And it's like, it is hugely funny. It's so amazing. So that that is why I'm like, I really should dip into that. I like that would be a fun late in life binging experience.
0: Also, what happened to Courtney Thornsmith?
1: I feel like the last thing she did was like, according to Jim. Mm.
0: She was on a sitcom, again, this is going to be before your time. I think it was called Day by Day, mm-hmm. where she, it was like a, did they, Run a daycare? No. Once again, I really wish I hadn't opened my mouth. Uh, usually I usually I know more about what I'm talking about. It's Not fine. always, but usually. It's fine. But I think that maybe the boy on Day by Day was in the Brady Bunch movie. Let's find out.
1: Oh my god, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. He played Greg in the Brady Bunch I movie. I think
0: so, yeah. Yes. And on Day by Day he always wore a bathrobe.
1: I don't I don't, that I don't know. I can't speak to that, to but I know what I know. The sitcom you're talking
0: about, okay, Jeff? Let us know if we're on Jeff something. Hurry.
2: This is this is a deep, complicated dive. So you, you so what we want to find know out is if the
0: if there is a if, if there is a show named Day by Day that Courtney Thorne Smith was on, if the
2: actor that played Greg in the Brady Bunch movie, movies. was on Day, day by Day, by day yeah. if
0: he played the boy who wore a bathrobe all the time, okay. like a teenager. I'm right, so
2: nervous. All right. stand by. Okay, talk amongst yourselves. Okay,
0: all right, so. Parents were religious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: So you grew up religious.
1: No. I mean, I grew up going to church every Mm. Sunday, but there was always, and I, you know, I feel like this is a sign of like health, like mental health, (laughs) like is that I somehow was able to, again, not, not that the church that I went to is anyway, like horrifying, but like I just never connected to it. I mm-hmm. never... There was never a kind of period of disenchantment with religion because I was never enchanted to begin with.
0: And you know? were you, was there any pressure from your parents?
1: This is why they're just angels. Like, they were... I think they were excited. I mean, there there may have been a private sadness or disappointment that I didn't believe in God, but they were, like, ultimately, I think, proud of me for uh, for actually, like, investigating that and, like... Coming to a decision on my own, you know, they're very, they met at Vanderbilt Divinity School in the 70s, you know, and right, the 70s. Mm, And um, I've heard of it. But, um, you know,
0: shortly before the 80s. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I always say. That's what I always say. (laughs)
1: Um, but they, but yeah, no, I think they just, they went, they were like a very smart theological program Mm -hmm. where you, it's not, I don't know, they were just like surrounded by very smart teachers and they stay there they worked there after they graduated and like so so i think they've always their relationship to religion has been more about like theology Mm -hmm. and
0: right like a scholarly yeah approach
1: yeah and so i there was never pressure from them Mm. but i kept going to church because i think culturally it was important for them to like stay in that community and and so i went every sunday and then i would have my own like kind of private like rebellions where like i wouldn't do like the call and response stuff <laughs> i'd like stand up because i didn't want to i was too scared of like the confrontation yeah here in me like staying seated but i would be like they'd be like guys has died and i'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> looking at my mom like what <laughs> But then I mean that's literally all I did. Like that was my only way of being like no. I was like still there. Yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> and singing all the hymns, you know. But um anyway, so yeah.
0: Till what age did you go to church?
1: Till I was like 18.
0: Do So it seems like a lot of um people who grew up in religious households, although this doesn't necessarily apply to you. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people who feel like they like this religious guilt was kind of ladled onto them or mm-hmm. just sort of infused into their upbringing. Do you have any of that? Well,
1: no, because it's more like kind of gentle Protestantism. Like it, I, I didn't grow up Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that all people who were Protestant didn't experience some sort of guilt, but... Um, I guess this particular strain of Protestantism, my parents were our Presbyterian um, and the church that I went to very like sweet, you know, I think it was more just um, the kind of like torture that I experienced was just kind of a, a feeling of like, I'm not like, before I realized I had any sort of agency of my own, you know, mm-hmm. as a truly small child, I've always felt like, oh, God, I'm not feeling the appropriate thing. I'm mm-hmm. not feeling the appropriate emotional response to this ritual. Like, I'm not moved by the story. I'm not crying at this funeral, like, when the, like, pastor is giving his, his sermon. You know, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling any sort of, like, transcendent experience. I'm not having this sort of reaction that I feel like I'm supposed to have the like socially acceptable reaction. And that created a kind of like feeling of, um, self like, uh, hatred. Wow. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, I, I felt like I was just doing something wrong. Like my mm-hmm. responses to things weren't valid. And that's not from my parents. That's from the weekly ritual of church. You know? Right.
0: That experience of feeling like you're on the outside of something. Yeah. Was that something that you felt in other areas besides church?
1: Well, definitely. I mean, that's how I felt as a, you know, little gay boy. Like just, you, you know, I, I yeah, I I think you just end up feeling just on the outside, even if you don't know you're gay. You just feel like something's different, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: When did you realize you were gay?
1: um literally as i was driving here (laughs) wow i careened off yeah i just i pulled over took a second i was like i can't be late
0: (laughs) Right. thank you so i just wailed
1: for like a 30 second just "Ah," and then (laughs) and then i rushed here i appreciate Um, that (laughs) no i realized i was gay probably like i think i was 12 and i was like literally looking at porn i was like looking i was like it's just so funny to think of the days of like sharing a huge desktop computer <laughs> with your family. And just like, I cannot believe that knowing that my entire family uses this computer that I looked at porn. I can't believe I did that. You were but driven. Yeah, I was, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I I looked at, I was looking, I like my friend had like shown me like you know straight porn and I, and I, and you know, the pop-ups come mm-hmm. up where it's like, asians like (laughs) gay you know and like i was alone like looking at street porn and then i like a pop-up came up and i and i remember seeing like men on men or something and i was like okay i was like if you click this you know what's up you know what that means (laughs) and like And any sort of just like weird latent like feeling that I had had in confusing latent feelings about that, I just kind of like came to the surface and I was like, I'm clicking it and I clicked it. And, um, and then, yeah, I just, I just kind of knew or yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And was your family cool about it?
1: Well, I didn't tell them for like probably seven more years after that. Like I remember being, I'm very I feel like I've always been very good at like kind of like setting a goal for myself or just be like or rather it's not even setting a goal it's more like I just like to avoid embarrassment Mm -hmm. at all costs so it's like I if I'm feeling particularly insecure about something like physically on my body or you know it's like I'm like get over it like I'm like I this feeling of embarrassment is such hell you have to figure out a way to get over Mm -hmm. it like you have to just like you know walk out into the world with what this insecurity and just like through exposure therapy just like get over it i just Mm. don't like feeling that discomfort and embarrassment so like i was like i really was like you have a year i was like you have a year to tell your parents
0: at what age did you tell yourself this like 13 i was like
1: i was like you have a year and then each year just kept going by and i was like and, and at first I was like gentle. I was like, give yourself a break. Like, cause this is a heart, this is very hard. Like you can be you can be fifteen, sixteen and then it's fine. You know, like, wait till you have a boyfriend. Never happened. And then like and then finally I just was like I was like graduating high school and I had told everyone, like all my friends, every teacher was like, Hey bitch. Like literally everyone knew. Like the milkman knew and my parents clearly knew, but were like Hello, like it was like I'm sure very sad for my parents, like <laughs> that every adult in town knew, but um like was told by me, mm-hmm. um and uh, <laughs> and yeah so then finally just I just but I but I really was it was just scary it was so scary and yeah. and never scary because I thought that they would be and this is where I'm extremely privileged or one of the many reasons why I'm extremely privileged but like I I always knew their kind of politics you know, on, on the subject. Like I always, which were what, which were they' like radically accepting and like actively working in the church to like get like to allow like gay pastors, you know, like wow. at the church, you know? And, um, yeah, they, they were like surrounded by these like very young, earnest divinity students, like that I like grew up with, who, like babysat me who were like, you know, like very politically to the left. So, I don't know. I, I I had no fear of their kind of actual. I had no fear of them not accepting me, which is so nice. But I but I was just more like it was a, a kind of a level of emotional intimacy that like I was not ready to like begin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I felt the resentment that I think a lot of young queer people feel of just like you're just like wait what why do I have to do this <laughs> why do I have to do this like potentially like devastating like very vulnerable thing like i didn't choose this it it just it it feels weird Mm -hmm. i don't know
0: what is the answer to why do you have to do it
1: um well you know yeah unfortunately because um i guess until mainstream culture is more like queer <laughs> and mainstream culture isn't just like purely straight. I guess it, it, you do in order to like interact with the people in your life who are going to be part of the mainstream culture, just because we are often born of straight parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you do have to like, if, if you want to live a life of like honesty with yourself and with others, you just like have to tell people, you know, even though I do think that's like, very quickly breaking down due to the angel genius kids of right now who are like, what's gender, who cares, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, I just think you kind of, the the other option is just like being miserable, which I was like, even though I was like living in a very uh, accepting world, I went to a very kind of artsy high school and I wanted to go to theater school, you know? And I, I, it's still like the, the, Oh my God. (laughs) can we acknowledge yeah this is your dog Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) so cute thank you okay um yeah i i I think that um yeah i was still miserable it's still just just keeping a secret from people you love it's just like it's really really eats away at you it was Mm. horrible so it's literally just like you just have to if you want to not be miserable right but i do feel very firmly that like you can do it there's no right way and it's up to you how you do it. Like I really, really, I do not think you need, you do not owe anyone any sort of like pageantry. Like you do not owe like, can we um assemble in the living room? Like you do not need to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I think you can, you should, if you want to, you should text your, do a group text to your family and just with a gif
0: for you for the first time. I've never thought of it this way before. Um, But I could imagine when you're debating what what the right time to tell people is, and like if you're in your gut feeling like you're not ready, like why? Like what you were saying that thing of like why do I have to do this? I could imagine in the moment it would begin to feel like, well, wait, I'm this is more for their sake than mine. Yes,
1: yes, that's what I started to feel was like, and and I was so scared of you know it becoming some sort of like like um emotional moment like, you know, just a circle on back mm. that I wasn't I wasn't experiencing the right kind of like I wasn't having the right kind of emotional release or something and that, you know, it would be like this kind of like t- sappy tender moment with my parents where, you know, it's like isn't <laughs> it, I mean and that I mean like the most privileged fear. I was like, I'm scared that it would be sappy <laughs> But like rather than like I'm scared I'm gonna get kicked out of my home. Right. But um but yeah, it's like that's what i was scared of and like my parents were per rose like i'm like my mom was like she knew like i was like so angry telling her i was like pissed mm-hmm. and she was like what is going on like i was just <laughs> like suddenly furious for no reason and she was like visiting me at school i was like a fresh or i was a sophomore in college where'd Jesus. you go NYU, mm,
0: I've heard of it. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: um, the University of New York, which is what Felicity calls it <laughs> for legal reasons. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I she was visiting me, and I just was like, I was like, do you know I? I was like, you know how I procrastinate? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, well, you know what? So I was like, it's not just like on papers, okay? <laughs> 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 and she was like, okay. I was like, sometimes it's like. like like for like life stuff too (laughs) and she was like okay and she was like does this have something to do with like she i think she said like does this have something to do with like you like wearing your sister's first communion dress like you know like as a (laughs) kid and i was like uh (laughs) uh-huh and then like and she just is she's such a pro she knew that if she did anything that was like we are so proud of you you know like yeah. i would have been like ah, you know so <sighs> it was just like she kept it light we kept it funny it was amazing and then like my dad she just like told my dad when she went back to nashville he called me and was like i'm real proud of you you know and it was like it was oh. like over it was very yeah. sweet very i'm i'm very lucky to have the parents that i have
0: that is very sweet did where did you meet kate berlant with whom you collaborate on a ton of stuff yes. and um, i'm shipping you guys hard to oh, circle back again
1: i'm shipping us too um I love her so much. She and I met doing stand up in New York about almost 6 years ago. Um which is not that long for the amount of time we've spent together <laughs> and the amount of work we've made. Mm-hmm. Um but she she was like already like a huge fixture in the stand up scene when I started doing stand up and like all these like Reggie Watts and Rory Scovel, all these people were obsessed with her and like having them open for her. And we had these mutual friends. I dated this guy in college who was like a friend of hers who was like, you need to see Kate Brilliant at, like she hosted a weekly show Tuesdays at Cake Shop. And he was like, you need to go. And he was like, you will, you, you will absolutely, you will love each other. And I was always like, okay, like it's just something about <laughs> someone telling you the that pressure. like, you'll think they're funny. I was like, no. And then I just never did it. And then finally we were on the same show when i like first started stand up and i saw her do stand up and i was like oh my god i just was like it was like seeing it was insane to see someone my age on the same lineup as me that was like as funny if not more funny than like my biggest heroes mm-hmm. like it was it was shocking actually you never see you know i've i've done so many stand up shows and like it is just you're it's so often just like just mediocrity it's just like <laughs> it like there's stand-up just like the culture of stand-up it just like celebrates mediocrity <laughs> it's so mean but like i don't know it's it, because i think because the way like just the form and like the the kind of amount of shows you do it's just like you just everyone gets kind of like meh here's my set you know mm. you just get kind of bored and like i don't know it was like she just like pierced through all of that and was just doing such a wild thing and being you know being abstract being academic but also just like at her core she's a clown Mm -hmm. she's like a brilliant physical comedian and and a brilliant improviser and it's just like it's it was so shocking and so and then we i like sent her a message on facebook (laughs) and i was like oh my god i was like that was wow and um and then she she was like she had seen this like video that i made where i played a um a substitute teacher who like is very nervous and like gets a finger like a a paper cut that's literally the entire plot (laughs) of the short and um and she and she was like i'm a huge fan of kindergarten i was like oh my god and then we did this short (laughs) film together these people cast us in the short film like a month later and um and we spent the whole day like it was like this short called the gregs which is genius everyone should watch it but kate played like the woman who runs like the sats just like (laughs) offices and i played her like androgynous assistant which you know is all i ever play and um and we just it was immediate and and by the end of the day we were like she was like she was like i don't want to part and i was like me neither and oh. like and we just the next night we were like texting all night and then the next night i was like should i just come over and like I came over and we like she was showing me her like seven, her like performance or, like her first stand stand-up performance when she was seventeen. I like was showing her these like diary entries. I showed her this like this like childhood video. where I like played Celine Dion. Like we were like just oh we we just like opened the floodgates and mm-hmm. it and it was like two weeks of me being at her apartment to like four a.m. taking a cab home and then finally after two weeks she was like, do you want to just spend the night? And I was like, yeah. And then, like, we literally did not separate for two years, but till she like moved to LA, and, w- and it was like we s- we slept in her bed mm-hmm. every night, and I would only go home when I did- ran out of underwear. Like, I would like, I would just be like, I don't, I, w- I don't have any more underwear. She like, she's like, I have prop underwear from a show <laughs> I did, and I like use the prop underwear, and yeah. then it was just like, you have to go home, you have to go home and do your laundry, and so it was just, it was the best. It's a really great time
0: <laughs> did that interfere with you guys dating people
1: that's so funny yes it did <laughs> yeah it did it, it created a really impossible standard actually for like
0: oh i just meant in terms of the actual time, time you were spent s- yeah
1: well i don't think kate and i have ever really prioritized <laughs> maybe to our um to our demise uh we've never really prioritized like that kind of romance or that kind of intimacy over another kind of intimacy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's not like I was suddenly like, Oh my God, I'm not dating right now. Like I I was never dating. I was never in sort of a routine of dating. Um, which if you have an hour, we can get into that. But, but, um, <laughs> but it, what, what was the problem was that we were so, we became so close so fast that when I would date people it, it really it i just kind of like my 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 literally the closest i had ever had to a boyfriend was kate mm-hmm. like that level of just like love and support and like in constant time spent together and ease fluidity it's just like i and and the kind of and the the highs and lows of relationship the honeymoon period like you know the first moments of conflict it's like I was always relating my experiences with men back to Kate, which mm. was insane. Like, I started, I really was like, it was insane. And, um, and yeah, so it just became really hard because I just was like, well, I know this. Like, I know what it's like to have like true fluidity with someone. <laughs> like, I know what it's like to know someone. So, like, so, so just I couldn't. Nothing compared. Right. It was really, really hard for me. But also, of course, nothing compared because there's so many other variables in a romantic relationship. Right. The pressure, the sex, everything that just like make it more fraught and harder to... But, you know, I've learned. <laughs> I've learned. <laughs>
0: um, I'm afraid this question is going to be um,
1: missionary. Problematic. Okay, okay, okay. I'm afraid this
0: question is going to be problematic <laughs> but I have, to, I have to ask anyway because if I... Rega- I, am, I am straight, but mm-hmm. we- no matter what I was, if I were in a situation, actually, I can't even say no matter what I was, my own experience, if yep. I were in a situation where all of a sudden I met someone who I gelled with mm-hmm. that intensely, mm-hmm. I think I would begin to wonder, regardless of whether they're ma- male or female, I would begin to wonder, am I falling in love with them? Yeah, but that's yeah. because like, I have confused boundaries.
1: totally. Totally. I don't. Like, I, I really, I like very clean, I mean, this is like, I'm literally quoting something from something Kate and I just wrote, but like, um, I I have very, I like clean, exact boundaries. Mm. And um I always have. And um there was never, I mean, Kate, this kills me. Kate always says, she's like, I have more sexual tension with my mother than I have with John. <laughs> Which is, like, literally true. Like, she said... Because her mom is this, like, beautiful woman, like, LA, like, art world. Like, just... She looks like Kate Bush. Like, crazy curly Mm. hair. And she's, like, such a... She's just so special. And, like... and. Kate's had, she's like, Kate's had nights where she's like at a bar with her mom where they're just like tr- talking about their past or, you know, Helen's <laughs> talking about her past and they're like, just like really connecting. And like, Kate's just like, am I going to make out with my mom? <laughs> 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 and like, and we have never, there has never been confusion. Mm-hmm. There has only been the feeling of like true romance. Like, like we, I mean, when we were first friends, it was like a month into our friendship. We took, we flew to nashville she met my parents we took did a road trip like to north carolina then like i flew to la met her parents like it was very very romantic and like we were like making mixes for each other with like love songs on them and my mom i was like listening to one i was like kate made this mix when i was with my parents one time and my mom was like does kate love you (laughs) like like she was like really worried that like we and i was like no like but but it, it it was totally fine. I think because both of us knew there was no confusion in that mm-hmm. department. There was no way we were ever going to like those ni- lines were never going to blur. I feel like we felt totally safe to be so romantic with each other. Right. You know,
0: That's such a sweet story. I didn't oh. realize that. I didn't realize how deep it was between oh, yeah, you guys. It's intense. I love that. Intense. I want to take some questions from listeners. But first, I want to tell you guys about something. One in three women pee a little when they laugh, cough, <laughs> run, or bounce on a trampoline. I had a baby. I cannot I cannot confidently cough anymore. Icon Undies are here to help keep you dry with pee-proof underwear from the same woman who brought you Think's period underwear. Ditch your disposable panty liners because each pair of Icon holds up to eight teaspoons. They're also antimicrobial, anti-odor. They're totally not gross. They're fashionable, comfortable. Try Icon Undies for 30 days risk free. Use code BFF at iconundies.com for $10 off your order. Okay, let's take some questions from listeners. When we ask and send them in, they wonder wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our friends. Lizzie Rose says, If he could play anyone in the Trump administration, who would it be?
1: Whoa, that is such a good question because I love like an HBO, like Game Change, that Sarah Palin movie. I love that kind of a movie. Oh God. Betsy DeVos interests me. (laughs) But like if we're doing like I mean, it's hard because Melissa McCarthy is so good at it, mm-hmm. and like I, but like if there was like a an HBO movie about it in like twenty years, I would love to play Sean Spicer. I think I would kill.
0: I think you would. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Well, Christian Duenas says, "Why do you and Kate Berlant work so perfectly with each other?" Like we know that we know a yeah, bit about that.
1: We do. I mean, yeah, I think we have kind of we've absorbed the same influences, like, into, separately from each other, both kind of served the same role in our families socially, like, we're both just, like, clowns, you know, we've, like, entertained the troops, <laughs> like, we've, like, spent our whole life entertaining, like, the people who went to our high school, you know, mm. we, like, were we were never in, like, one social circle, <laughs> we've, so I, I just think we have the same kind of, like, muscles
0: right? in that way. Matthew Holshoff says, what kind of role would he want to play that's the complete opposite of what he normally gets cast in?
1: Hmm. I mean, I've always, it's a good question. Yeah, I, I was watching that movie, The Square. Do you know about this movie? Mm-hmm. It's the guy who did Force Majeure, which is so good. I don't know how to say it. But um, it, the acting was just like so Shocking and naturalistic, and I just was like, I am so sick of my tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do. I want to get cast in something where like they don't need me to do my tricks. Mm-hmm. Like, so I. What do you
0: mean by your? I mean, I think I know, but what do you mean by your tricks? Just like
1: my kind of like you know, I I do like shtick? Yeah, my shtick, like my like I always do kind of a hawk eyed like I, I like playing people who are like paranoid and like to control the situation <laughs> and i love that i'll do that forever but it'd be nice to do something else like mm-hmm. i i have a dream my friend and i have always dreamt of making this like mini series that we'll have to do in a million years but like um like we're kind of like a gay olive kittredge <laughs> like a very somber melancholy like still but like still very funny but like yeah some sort of mini series that spans like a lifetime mm-hmm. That that's like our our dream
0: Rambling Kite says, in Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Summer, (laughs) did you get to pick your audition song for the play?
1: Wow, that's a good question. I did not. That was just them being geniuses. Michael Showalter is like a big musical theater, like went to musical theater, like summer camp. And so he just understood innately that that would be corner of the sky from pippin would be the funniest possible song for me to sing and we sang for royalties purposes there are takes of me and i would give anything to see this singing <laughs> take me out to the ball game because <laughs> that's royalty free or that's right. um public domain mm-hmm. but i was so happy i remember like overhearing michael showalter when we were shooting that which was one of the most surreal experiences of my life <laughs> but i remember overhearing him being like we have like begging the producers like we have to use corner guy we have to pay for it
0: <laughs> and I was
1: like, thank God. But anyway.
0: Excellent. Uh, let's do, in a moment, let's do just me or everyone. But I want to tell you guys I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Alison Rosen is where you go for that. There's all different um, reward levels. You can get bonus episodes. You can get access to a live video stream with me that's interactive. Um, you can get merch in the mail. All sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Alison Rosen. And if you like what you're hearing, iTunes.com slash Alison Rosen is where you go. Subscribe. Leave a nice comment. Tell all your friends, etc. Okay, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, this is where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? And then we weigh in. Shannon Hurley says, I think I might be the only person left in the U.S. that pronounces tour like tour instead of tour. I don't think she actually says, it she wrote T-O-O-R, like tour, T-O-O. like we're going on a tour as opposed to tour.
1: So she says T-O-O-R. Yeah. Tour. I, that's what I say. Say it. Tour.
0: Yeah, you say it that way. Yeah.
1: We're going to go on Tour. You yeah. guys
0: are the last. You should go on a tour of tour of tour because you're the last tour, tour. two people. Apparently, how do you say it, Jeff?
2: Go out, on, go out on tour, 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 tour. You're, I you're say more tour, open tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm, I'm not hearing the difference. What, like, yeah. what does she oh, say? This
0: is what's this her, is what's Dawn her? and Dawn all over again. She she says tour t o u r like t o o r instead of t o r e. Tour.
2: tour. 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 Is that the difference? Yeah. yeah. Which one did I do? I,
0: <laughs> I think don't know. You
2: did kind of a gorgeous...
1: Melange. Between. Yeah, melange. Thank you.
2: I wasn't fishing for a compliment, but <laughs> did a fusion. I wouldn't say no. I say tour. No, I don't.
0: There, You could, though. But yeah, I could. Um, We had a long... I feel like it was a multi-week arc on this <laughs> show about... Can you hear the difference between... D A W N and D O N To me I pronounce no. them the same way. Yeah, I pronounce them the same way. Dawn. And Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Jeff do it.
2: Dawn? Oh yeah. Dawn. I and I wish I did that. A lot Where are of, you from? Philadelphia.
0: Okay. A lot of people. <laughs>
2: there they would say to a
0: lot of people Dawn. it's they're like they're very different vowel sounds yeah. and I would say on the show I don't I, I, they sound exactly the same to me and then people would write in and be like it's the difference between
1: well did you just hear the difference just now
0: yes when yes. he said it but when they would yeah. write in and say it's the difference between lawn and awning or something I'm like these are the same to that's me that's the same yeah. yeah just reading them it's the same what
1: about L-A-W-Y-E-R
0: I say lawyer. I do not say lawyer. Liar. I don't say that. What do you say? Lawyer. What do you say?
1: I have never decided. Oh, Because I grew up saying lawyer. Mm. And then I had a friend from Jersey in college, Nicole Spezio, who was so... Every time I said it, she would like crack up and make fun <laughs> of me. And I was like... And and now I am paralyzed by it. When I go to say it, I'm like, make a choice. And I like I literally don't remember which version...
0: I like, have that issue with the word niche or what niche.
1: You, oh, okay.
0: Because one time I was doing, um, a, I was being interviewed as like a talking head on a TV thing. Yeah. And I said, and I, I couldn't decide which way to go. And I said niche. And right. I've been.
1: Are you just a melange.
0: Yeah. But ever since then, I get, I freeze up when that word comes of up. Because I don't know what direction I'm going. I think niche. I think I know yeah. many a time I've decided I say niche, right. and then when I when I come up to it, I'm like. Ugh. Um, also, I don't know which way I say R O U T E. Do I say route? Do I say root? I don't know. Root. I'm root. Okay.
2: Yeah, root. Although I could see myself saying route. Yeah. The one that trips me up now is data and data.
0: Yeah, I don't know. What, I, I've I've always been data, and recently I said data, and I felt like okay, I'm yeah. playing by your rules. Yeah.
1: I'm a data queen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nightcloud says, just me or everyone. Beauty school dropout from Greece infuriates me. Oh my God. I don't love this. tell Frenchie to give up her dream. Mm. I never really thought about it that way, but.
1: Beauty school dropout, go back to high school. Oh, yeah. right. If it don't work
0: out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just
1: telling her to just. Yeah. Drop To drop out.
0: Right. That
1: is really, I it, it is just him. Or her, whoever <laughs> said that. I think it to him, but like, but I do think it's beautiful mm. that that moves wants, you.
0: Yeah, Frenchie. To-
1: she absolutely
2: should not go to high school. She's way too colorful for that. Right. I always felt like it was taunting her. And did that, she
0: did she drop out of beauty school? What happened? I can't remember. I don't
2: remember. But I always felt like it was it was taunting her, and it motivated her to, to actually stay do it out of school, or to stay in beauty school to do something. But I I didn't feel like it it actually it was, was meant to. Convince right. her to
1: it's more like her inner monologue, like the pressure yeah, from yeah. her parents to go back to high school or like anxiety she had. okay. Well now it's we're a lot up a whole to A lot, of lot can to worms. unpack there.
0: Yeah. Jeff, did you find out any intel on Day by Day?
2: In nineteen eighty eight, there was a show called Day by Day. Mm. So you're correct on that. It oh. starred among other people, Courtney Thorne Smith, but also Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. Whoa. And it was also Thora Birch's <gasps> television oh, debut role the great wow. Birch. and now here is where the snake eats its own tail or oh, here's no. where the Johnny Bravo suit wears itself now or where Buddy Hinton beats himself up
0: I have no idea what's about to happen and In, you've
2: also
1: coincidentally made a Brady Bunch movie reference
2: stand by okay it gets weirder there was an episode in season one of this called A Very Brady Episode.
0: Oh. In it... That's why I'm confused.
2: In it, they reunited six cast members from the Brady Bunch. Ann B. Davis, Florence Henderson, mm. Christopher Knight, Mike Lookinland, Maureen McCormick, and Robert Reed. Mm-hmm. And then... And there were a bunch of Brady references in the plot of the show. And then... uh. Uh, what's his, his name? <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear my I intestinal <laughs> track right now. Then Christopher Daniel Barnes yes. went on to play Greg in the Brady Bunch movie.
0: <gasps> I was right about everything. But
2: Christopher, A, Christopher yes, Daniel Barnes. He was in day, was by was on day, day by Day. Okay, so that was... Yeah. All right. I, buried, I buried
1: the lead. Day. <laughs> yes. But yes, no, you're absolutely right. And I remember Julie Louis-Dreyfus. I remember seeing that yeah. on
0: like Nick at Night. I think she played the neighbor. Yeah.
2: All right. Oh, sorry. One other thing is that... This show was related to Family Ties because in in the Family Ties universe, the family patriarch of this show was a college roommate of Stephen Keaton. Wow.
0: I didn't know that. So the I Brady Bunch universe
2: that. is related to the Family Ties universe. Wow. Now. Wow.
0: wow. All right. What? Lee Brun says... Tonight is the night I take all of the broken stuff out of the cabinet and glue it back together. Once the super glue is opened, it has to be used. Doesn't store well. do, do you guys go on super glue sprees? I don't really. No. I don't like super not glue. Handy.
1: I hate super glue. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's an overrated glue. It's not it doesn't have a lot of good uses. And it, there's nothing super about it.
0: Um Fart Fenugan says Someone running or ducking past the TV is way more distracting than just casually walking past. I appreciate the gesture, but just walk, please.
1: It's not just you. I I completely agree. There's nothing worse than like performing or like, oh, you're like modesty as you, oh, don't mind me. Like, yeah. I'm just like suddenly now thinking about who you are as a person because you do that.
2: Yeah, it's like I'm going to do a pantomime mime show of... Yeah. You not noticing me. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I do that.
0: I think I do that. Like, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very annoyed much. by it,
2: but I 100% yeah. do that.
0: Yeah, I totally do it. Now I'm just going to saunter by slowly. <laughs> the
2: cool move you can do if the TV's low enough is you walk by and then you do the big step over it like it's oh, hot lava. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's good.
0: Eric Olson says, as a kid, when I saw a hotel Bible placed by the Gideons, I was sure that they were placed when a Gideon person had stayed in that room before. It never occurred to me that they could just ship boxes of them to the hotel. Mm. You know, I never, I hadn't thought about this in a long time, but I think that was my idea as well, that like some Gideons had just snuck it in there.
1: But isn't it like almost a legal thing or like what? Because it's like in every hotel. Yeah. And it's the same. I guess it's not in every hotel anymore, but... At least in my childhood. Right. Like every hotel that my family stayed in, there was always a Bible.
0: Yeah. Who are these Gideons? I don't
1: I didn't I, I didn't know about that. I didn't know it was like a, oh, like yeah, it was it a says, particular group.
0: Yeah, it's the Gideon Bible. Oh wow. Now you know. Now you know. Unless I'm wrong, but I think so. Um, let's see here. J Mo's for A Rose, and this is the last one says, Captivated when watching someone knit, but can't for the life of me figure out how they do it. I guess there is something sort of peaceful about watching someone knit and Definitely. also about knitting. I I knitted once a many, many, well, like for a little while, a long time ago. I kind of miss it. Yeah. But I don't know. I wouldn't know how to start up again.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you, you don't think you would just, you just wouldn't know how to do it.
0: Yeah. I don't mean like I don't know how it would fit into my life. I mean, <laughs> I mean, literally, if I had knitting needles and yarn, I wouldn't know how to get it going. Right. Probably right. Google it. But. Right.
1: No, yeah, I I def I know I know the feeling of watching like a scarf take form and you're just like, how is that possible?
0: Yeah. Hmm. John Early. Oh, uh, Allison. It was in. delightful having you on the show. Thank you so much I had you such were... a good time. So easy. Thank you. Tell everyone.
1: And, well, it really I, I will tell everyone privately, but I will say on this podcast right now that I don't you don't have the podcasting host quality that pushes one into podcast person. Thank you. It's like, it's much more open and airy. And it's just, I didn't find myself trying to be too funny. I didn't find myself trying to, you know, be too smart. That's the worst is when I try to be smart.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yes. And then I end up saying nothing. I did a podcast where like... I don't know, about <clears throat> five seconds into it, it was, I was a guest on someone else's podcast. I was like, uh oh, I have nothing. <laughs> like oh, there is, n- I have nothing That's to talk fault. about. That's their fault. It was weird. It like, I just all of there, there was a number of things happened where I just, my anxiety got ratcheted up. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was just like, I felt like I was trying to be this parrot, not parody, but I was trying to be this super version of myself that was, I don't know. It was just awful. Oh
1: God. It, I, it,
0: yeah. I couldn't connect to any moment. I was so just, you know,
1: you yeah, know that feeling. I do know that feeling. You don't inspire that in me. Thank you. That is look, a huge venture to say others.
0: Uh, that's what I hope. Thank you so much. You were everything I dreamed you would be.
1: Oh, that's so nice.
0: I am such a Thank fan. You. <laughs> <Thank> I am <laughs> such a fan. Um, tell the listeners where they can find you and what to look for and plug all your stuff.
1: Okay. Well, I'm at the on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And your mom is, but mom, mom say, it's I love Yoach. that. It's so
1: sweet. <laughs> um, uh, I was first clearly. Um, but, uh, and then my, okay, John com is where I, for years just put all my favorite videos, you know, the ones that I love and, um, you know, okay, what's coming up? Uh, we'll search parties out for like next five weeks, two episodes at a time. You must watch, but I, demand that if you watch you watch season one first yeah don't be an idiot it would be so stupid mm. to watch season two without watching season one um sorry i'm very upset no, it, um, would be, it would be
0: it would be so so asinine yes.
1: kate and i made a little series on vimeo called 555 com slash 555 spelled out f-i-v-e etc etc um that we made with our um friend kate's boyfriend sorry andy DeYoung. um he directed it and um we're very proud of that and people are so confused by the paywall so they just don't watch it so i would love for you to pay 3.99 and watch the five short films we worked very hard on
0: perfect yeah jeff where do we find you
2: you can find me on facebook and twitter at colonel jeff fox and i just remembered another super weird melrose place (gasps) thing yeah do you remember when Kimberly was trying to kill somebody, and and then there was a scene where she pulled her wig off and she had like Frankenstein yes! scars all over her yes! head? Yes, is was, Kimberly Courtney Thornsmith? Smith? No, I'm no,
0: Kimberly th- was Bree. Um, Marsha Cross, right? No, which one was Kimberly?
2: I can't think of the actress's name. I think but, it was
0: Marsha Cross who was the one who was like a monster. Yeah, she was evil. Yeah, but
2: didn't Kimberly date Michael, or she was? It?
0: I can't remember this now, but I'm pretty sure it was Marsha Cross. Who was the one you're talking about? With because scars on her head. Yes, that
2: is laugh out loud.
0: Yes,
1: as and we were supposed to believe that this whole time she's had. No, a, she it was a after
0: some accident. She had, oh. maybe from burning the. I don't know. Yeah, it was marsha
2: Cross. Yeah, it was. It was almost. The, it was almost the equivalent of that Phantom. that trope in the '70s where people go
0: and pull their right, mask off, right. and then
2: all of a sudden they were a different person. Right. Yeah, it was really crazy. <laughs> that I show got that. so out
0: there. It was so weird. God, I want to watch it. Yeah. Wait, did you say where we can find you?
2: facebook at at melrose place
0: okay perfect and follow me on twitter at allison rosen follow the show's twitter feed at ariynbf and follow me on instagram at allison rosen thank you for listening i love you goodbye hey do you know about the allison
1: rosen show we
2: had a good time but now we gotta go And Rosie is your new best friend.